Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you doing, Zakias? I'm doing good, brother. Good, As good. always, happy to be back in the studio. Excited for the guest that we have here on today. I know he's going to be able to provide a lot of good information for people, kind of give a different perspective that... I don't think we've really been able to have on the podcast. So super excited about that, man. How about you? How's your day? Absolutely. I'm doing good, man. It's another day. I'm alive. I'm not six feet under. So there's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot to be happy about. So, and like you said there, we definitely have a very special guest on the podcast today here who's going to bring a lot of value. And for those of you that are listening, you're going to learn a lot in this episode. And there's going to be a lot of things that may make you change the way that you're going to think about life, like in an everyday aspect. So we're happy for that. If the signs are there and they're telling you it's time to change, then it's time to start doing those steps to change. So why don't you go and introduce our special guest today? Yes. So we have the co-owner of Pride Built Homes, brand new TV star, TV down home fab. Today we have Matt Roach. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you welcome, doing? Welcome, welcome, guys. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, like Daquan said, any day that we're here is absolutely amazing. So, oh, yeah. thank you, guys. I'm I'm honored to be on your absolutely. Podcast. Yeah, we're absolutely. excited to have you, man. We are, we are. And actually, I want to get right into this here because we have a lot of questions that we need to go over with you. A lot of questions that I feel like our viewers want answered as well. So, the first thing that I want to go over with is. I hear your family is a bunch of entrepreneurs. A lot of them have owned their own business from the ground up, including yourself um, going through that process. So I want you to take us through your resume, where you started to where you're at today. It's a long story, but you are right that my family did in fact start as entrepreneurs. So my grandfather, uh, he started an excavation business. He was sole proprietor, doing his own thing, gravel pit, digging basements, Riverdale, where the kids play football, where you played football. My grandpa dug damn near every one of those basements. Mm. On my dad's side, that was my mother's side, Grandpa Don. On my dad's side, he was an owner of Sheen Equipment. So he did large equipment that, in fact, Don, my other grandpa, was purchasing to use. So I just remember at a very, very young age, 13, 14 years old, watching my parents struggle through years. Like as a very young child, my dad lost his job at John Morrell during the strike in the eighties. Okay. That made newspapers. It was huge. So it went from regular employment to union. I watched my dad Mm. lose his job. He went and he was the pizza delivery man for Domino's and no bullshit. I thought that was the next step under the president. Damn. Like I was the (laughs) most proud. I was like, we made it. 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right? Your dad brings you free fucking pizza? <laughs> right? Like, are you kidding me? You want, like, your dad. Like, fuck that job. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I remember the stress and, like, being too young to, like, understand the pressure that he and my family were under. Right. But then he got a pizza delivery job. <laughs> and I was like, this is what rich people do. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we got free pizza. But at 13, 14, my dad told me at a at that very young age that if you wake up first, you work fucking harder and you go to bed last that in America, you can be whatever you want to be. And he, at that same age, he told me, you know, there will be a coming time when you're a man, you need to work for yourself. Like your hard work working for somebody else, it's earning them money. And that, that resonated with me at 14 Right. And the moment I went to SDSU, so I finished, I could back up a little here. So mm-hmm. high school, college was never an option. We didn't talk about it in our family. It wasn't that they didn't want me to go. It's just, it was never a conversation. So I didn't know that college was an option mm-hmm. after high school. Mm-hmm. It was 10 days before I graduated that a teacher asked me what college I was going to before I ever considered going to college. Damn. It's the first time anyone had ever asked me, 10 days before graduation. And you went to Lincoln? I was at Lincoln. Okay. Yep. So it was like, rug, straight the fuck out from underneath <laughs> your feet. Because you're like, damn, we're supposed to go to college. Right. I'm 10 days from walking, and it's like, what's college? So Seriously. I'm glad that I did it. I signed up. I went to SDSU. One year, I did okay. I didn't do great but I realized real quick that there was nothing behind a desk or a title or a degree that I would do. I needed to work with my hands Mm -hmm. and that I jumped straight into working construction. I worked one year under a a carpet layer, Wayne Donahue, rest Mm -hmm. in peace. He just passed away. But year two, I saw how hard I was working. He saw how hard I was working and I, we literally partnered. So from 19 years old, I've been self-employed. Okay. We partnered. I told him, I was like, I'm not going to work for you. I'm not going to work for 16 bucks an hour. In, in 2000, 2000, 1999 to 2000, 16, 17 bucks an hour was a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But I saw what we were doing and I knew, you know, these words that my dad told me when I was 13, 14 Mm -hmm. resonated. Like wake up first, bust your fucking ass, go to bed last. I was like, I'm doing this for Wayne. And mm. I had a very honest conversation with him standing outside in a parking lot in a truck. And I was like, it's either I'm a partner, or I'm going to do it by myself. Yeah. He's like, you don't know how to do it. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he knew that I was driven at a very young age. And he's like, then we're partners. He knew you'd I like it. Yeah. Oh. So we partnered and we worked for four years. We split up on good terms. It's just kind of everybody was doing their own thing. Yep. yep. And then I worked 16 years as a tile and hardwood guy for 10 years. Dan and myself, Dan is my business partner at Pride Built. 10 years, we kicked the can down the road of building luxury homes. Just talked about it. I just knew we'd be fucking great at it. Right. Like, I just knew it. But I was making insane money setting tile. Mm-hmm. Insane. So it was like, I knew I was pulling away from something where I was like, legitimate 1% of the planet is making this kind of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a risk, but I was like, I know, like that's passion, right? Like this is where I want to go to sleep every night doing that. Yep. And then in 2015, after 10 years of kicking this down the road, we're like, let's do it. 
and I made $500 a month. <laughs> wow. Year one. In year one. Two years, we made we paid wow. ourselves 500 bucks a month. I still had the connections for flooring, so I kept going back and doing flooring to still earn enough money to, to live pay bills. Stuff. But Pride Build Homes was making us 500 bucks a month. Wow. That's <laughs> insane. So, Because I remember seeing you doing the tile. I always saw you working hard and owning your own business. Ever since I've really been able to notice what you were doing you have always owned your own thing and that was something that i always looked up to because i didn't really know many people that were doing that honestly i think a lot of the things that we've talked about in the recent past is how you kind of want to take a lot of the things that you've learned over the time and start passing that down to the younger generation so they can not make a lot of the same mistakes that you've made yes so and you call it stupid shit yeah. That you've done, right? Absolutely. So, so what are some of those things maybe that you have encountered as you were taking that leap to either start your own business or partner with Don? Dan. Dan. Yep. But Don was the carpet layer? Don was my grandfather. Okay, he, Don Kelly. Yeah, Wayne Donahue. Donahue. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so from those things, working with Dan and Donahue. Yep. What were some of the things that you learned are kind of the bonehead moves that you made through those processes? Oh, we still make bonehead yeah. moves. Yeah, like very simple mistakes. Uh, year two of building homes, we shrunk a garage to fit on a lot 18 inches. And I, myself, forgot to send it over to the trust company. That's a $6,000 mistake that you oh, can't wow. pass down to the customer. Right. So you eat that. That's six grand right out of our pocket. Yeah. Uh, very early on in construction, it was trusting bids, not having any money set aside for overages or unexpecteds. Mm, right. So there's multiple homes that we made zero dollars on, like wow, zero early on. Mm-hmm. So carpet lane, uh, when I started that, you'd wreck something, but instead of hiding it, I just highlighted it. I'd walk up right. to the general and be like, I blew the shit out of your base in this <laughs> <laughs> room over here and you're paying for that. Yeah. So one thing the younger generation doesn't understand is it's okay to make mistakes. You can make mistakes because when you pay for a mistake to be fixed, you don't want to do it again. Right. So you learn the hard way Yep. and that's priceless. Like right. You, that experience. Like I right. will never make a trust error again. Right. <laughs> right. 6,000 bucks is like, damn. Right. I know Dan wasn't happy about that. Well, what had happened was... (laughs) (laughs) Can't even explain it. And that that stuff happens all the time. It's just don't make the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. Make mistakes. I still make mistakes. Right. But I'm 24 years into self-employment, and day one I made a mistake. I'm sure I made a mistake. If I thought real hard, I know I fucked something up yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. And that's something that we actually continuously preach on the podcast. It's if you should fail, fail forward. And yeah. what that means is exactly what you did. When you made that mistake, you learned from it. Yep. There's so many people right now that <laughs> are walking on, I mean, tiptoeing through glass and eggshells, and they're afraid to make mistakes in their life. And they feel like if they ever would fail, they fail everyone including themselves, but you're really not failing yourself at that point. When you make a mistake, that means you're learning something because it's something that you didn't know. And there's a mindset to that. Most people don't have that mindset to really think about like, okay, you know what? I made this mistake instead of hiding it. 
and trying to play myself and say that, hey, I didn't make this mistake and just go through it. They own up to it. They yeah. walk up to it, to the mistake, and they move along. And that's something that, again, that most people don't have the mindset for. And it's great that you have that mindset. And I'm sure that's part of your success. You know? I have a saying, and I've said this for absolute years, and this is my quote, is to try and fail has honor that never trying never will. Man. Like, I, never will. I like it. You have to try. To try and yeah. fail has honor mm-hmm. that never trying never will. No, because then you're sitting and thinking about the what ifs. Yeah, fail. Right, that's failure. Fail a hundred fucking times. Right. So speaking of mistakes, I want to know, like, what do you feel are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when starting out and making a business? Oh, this is goose. Straight goosebumps. (laughs) That's one of my, it's my last one on there. My most important is sharing your successes. Okay. Because motherfuckers do not want to see you win. Uh-huh. That is, if if I was 16 again, mm-hmm. and I could tell, talk to myself right now, I would tell them, myself, do not share a single one of your fucking successes. Mm-hmm. Outside of your inner circle, your three motherfuckers, mm-hmm. don't share it because nobody wants to see you win. Even your outer circle, the people you eat with, the people that you have over to your house, none of them want to see you win. Mm-hmm. None of them. What does that come from? I don't know. I knew you'd ask that. And I thought for this entire time that you've asked me to be on this podcast, I tried to come up with the why. And I don't know. I'm 42 years old. I no longer give a fuck why. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, share your failures because your failures will absolutely help the person behind you not fail in the same spot. Mm. Because we want to help, Mm -hmm. right? right? If you asked me anything of my success, I would tell you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Because I don't want you to stumble on the same steps that I stumbled on. Right. So share every one of your failures and succeed in fucking silence. Mm-hmm. Do not tell anybody about it. And that's something you told me not too long ago when we were talking about just the whole real estate game and yep. just me kind of getting into mortgage. And it is crazy because it's something that I've seen in the recent where you are doing good and you have the best intentions of wanting to help people and all these things. And I think people just create perceptions of you on who they thought you were or who you used to be. And when you do try to change and when you want more for yourself or more than that, they could even fathom on why you would even want more. It makes them uncomfortable. They don't even know how to accept it because I think it makes them look at all the things that they wish they would have chased as hard as you do. I think there might be some envy involved in it. And Mm -hmm. there are real people like I know you guys cheer for people. I do. I am so happy. Like I want everybody to succeed and be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. I want them, but we're the minority Mm -hmm. and the amount of times, like I'll give you an example. Like rug has been pulled out of my, from under my feet multiple times. I have friends that are general contractors and just recently came to light that people I was passing work, Pride Built Homes starts our builds at $700,000 for a house. We okay. won't do anything under right. that. It's not that we're not capable of doing it. It's that's where we're trying to highlight our skills. Right. Mm-hmm. So we pass everybody off to somebody else in good hands. Right. And this, this person had ill will things to say about me. And I just wow. recently found out. I was like, I'm passing you work. 
in good faith because I want to watch you win. And that's just right. proof that even when you're doing the best and the right thing, some motherfucker has something to say about it. Right. So mm-hmm. you just, you guys are younger than me. At 42, I'm done getting beat up. Right. I'm not fighting no more. So yeah. I'm not sharing success. I don't even share my success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their vision of it. I don't gloat. I don't do that. I'm not that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. But that really pissed me off. Like, I want a straight fucking fist fight now. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a loyalty, right? Like, it is. When you're doing business with somebody. And I mean, I look at it as like you're feeding somebody. Because, like, when you're passing business to somebody one way or another, you're putting food on their table. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it comes down to principle, especially when you have those business relationships to be responsible and cherish those and treat them and nurture those relationships, yeah. I think. As if they are putting food on your table because it is that serious, especially. We can all eat together. Absolutely. There's enough for everybody. There is. There's abundance everywhere. But when you're working hard, you're waking up first, busting your fucking ass and going to bed, somebody still has something to say about you. And that's like that. Mm -hmm. I take things super fucking personal. Mm -hmm. And then that, I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Noted. Noted. Yep. I mean, no one likes to be stabbed in the back, especially when you're putting everything out there for them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of tough. And like, I, I build it, right? Yeah. They called Pride Built Homes because they wanted Pride Built Homes. Yep. So now they're taking my word as saying, this is the option you should go to. Mm-hmm. And they go to them. And then this person saying, right. I'm just like. Yep. It makes you think, right? So. With all these things, with you as successful as you are, and success is determined by each individual. It's subjective. It yep. is, right? So, like, for you, though, what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions about Matt Roach? Oh, wow. That was a, that's blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm 42. I no longer care what right. people say about me. Big misconception. God, that's a fucking great question. I don't know. And that's okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's all good. That is. So kind of going into our... I am an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I can't say I'm not. (laughs) Well, let's talk talk about that as like a misconception because there's two types of people in the world that I feel like. In my opinion, there's two types of people. There's people that will be brutally honest with you. Whatever they say, the, the responder can either take it how it is or they can get their feelings hurt and take it the wrong way and just move along. And there's other people who will kind of dance around, you know, and they won't be as brutally honest. They, Mm -hmm. they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to tell you the truth because it's going to hurt your feelings. Cause we live in a world right now where people get their feelings hurt and when their feelings get hurt, they usually, I mean, they'll run to a computer and they'll talk about it there or they'll use internet or anything like that. So there's two types of people in the world. And when it sounds like for you, you're brutally honest. And with being brutally honest, it can come off and seem like you're being an asshole, but it's not. I mean, you're telling people exactly how it is, which that's how I am. I'm like, listen, if you're going to tell it to me straight, then tell it to me straight so I know exactly where things are at and we can move along. I will package it softly. Sure. Right? Like there is people like Dan, my business partner, is just what his brain thinks Yeah, is what comes out uh-huh. and our our customers love that mm-hmm. like even our customers will say i'll go to matt if i want to hear the answer like a yes because <laughs> i will package it in a manner 
where they'll go to yeah. Dan and he'll be like, fuck no. Right. <laughs> right? And I'm like, here's why we can't. Uh, <laughs> I think it is about the correct. delivery. Yeah. Right? Like. Tact. Uh, it is. Like if you ordered something in the, in, like some food in the mail, or mm-hmm. not in the mail, but ordered some pizza. <laughs> right. I guess you could order food you in could. the mail. You can order anything in the mail. But anyways, if you ordered some food mm-hmm. and they bring you your food and you've been wanting to say Chinese food all day, right? But they get to your door. And you open the door and they throw it in your face. You're gonna be mad on how they delivered it, right? right. Even Here's though you got delivery. what you wanted, yeah. yeah. You got so your I, fucking Chinese food, <laughs> yeah, though. Right. Now eat it. Yep. So I think it does matter, kind of how, and, and it also is coming down to an understanding of knowing who you're talking to at the same time. Very true. I guess in the construction world, I feel like you kind of talk however you want most of the time, with tact. With because tact. I will say there are people like you will get. Way better, infinite mm-hmm. better results. Yeah, by delivering it with tech, you can be brutally honest, right. and you can be straightforward to the point. You just have to prove the point in tact. Yep. You have a reason. Like basically. the story I was telling you about earlier with the excavator. Mm-hmm. Just have to no. That's not what I want, and right. here's why I don't want it. Don't yeah. just be a dick and be like, no, you're going to do it my way or exactly the highway. Right. Ta- tact is huge for me too. Yeah, like you don't have to agree with me. We don't have to agree to be friends. Right. We can just be friends. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I can disagree with you. You can disagree with me. Tact is huge. Yeah, absolutely. On the topic of friends, I want to know, because what we've noticed as we continue to succeed in life, we have noticed that our friend group continues to get smaller. And it's it's not by choice. It's just I feel like you outgrow people. A lot of our friends that we have left behind I mean, technically, we haven't left them behind. They just haven't come with us. So uh, my question to you is, do you have the same friends around that you had coming up? If so, how did you maintain those relationships? And if not, then what's it like kind of finding those new group, that new group of people? One. So, and he's my family. So Mm -hmm. I have what I call three motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. These are my anything goes. I can tell them anything. They have my back right, wrong, indifferent. Right. Right. Like these are my three motherfuckers. And one of them is a family member. Yeah. From the beginning, the other two, I was mid twenties when I found these friends and it was loyalty. Mm -hmm. Like they are just loyal. And then being just a insane early twenties, like you realize real quick who your friends are and aren't, but Mm you nailed it because you know, you enter into your, 2021 with 15 friends, 30 30 really good friends. Mm -hmm. And then you're 30 years old and there's eight people. You're 40 years old. There's three. And I still like, I'm not going to touch on, on this podcast, right? But I have great stories of friendships. Sure. Great stories. And you'd nailed it. Like, yeah, I have three very close friends and no, they, they were not long because you do, you grow, they grow out. Away from you, too. Absolutely, yeah. Like, they can outgrow. I mean, they have their own responsibilities, things like that, that they... I have really good friends, too, like, really good friends where it's awesome. I won't talk to them for two years. Mm -hmm. And we'll pick up the phone, and we started right where we ended. Right. There's no conditions. There's no apologies. Like No expectations. No expectations. They just... You. And they are enough. Like, that's... That's the shit I respect. And right. That's the stuff that like drives me and 
my loyalty. Like I'll move mountains for those people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like sure. it. Where does the loyalty come from for you? Cause it's something you've touched on a lot. It's huge for me. Yeah. It's emotional. It's soul. Right. Like loyalty to me is make or break. Right. Like, I feel like if you're a fucking snake, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for sure. A snake. It's, it's over. Yeah. So loyalty is huge for me. And I don't think family necessarily equals loyalty either. Sure. Like, I think your friends can be equally just as loyal. Yeah, for sure. But we want to know exactly deep down where that comes from, because for me, it's the same exact way. Loyalty means absolutely everything for me. And that's also because I've had a lot of family members that I felt like have stepped out on me mm-hmm. in my head. I'm like, if you're family, you're there to the end. And there's been situations and things I've gone through where that was not the case. And then that's when I actually learned at a young age that just because you have the title family behind it does not mean that you're through thick and thin all the time. Did your family have a condition? So if they did something for you, it was because you needed to do this? Well, that's a good question. I know that there was a lot of things that I, I did for a lot of my family members so that I could get something. In return, I mean, stop that shit. Well, no, I'm saying (laughs) I get it, but what I'm saying is like, I mean, at a young age, this is what I, my friends, they're my end all be all for me. I mean, my friends' parents would take me to practices. My friends would, uh, they'd call and, oh, can you, can you come over? That's when I'd be able to actually hang out with people that I like really related to. And for me to do that, I would have to like do chores, clean the garage. And I know everyone's like, oh my God, you had to clean, you had to do chores. Gosh, you're upset about that. But I'm saying like, those are the things that I would always have to do to go and hang out with friends. A kid came up and asked you today, they're like, hey, can I go hang out with friends? You're not going to be like, hold on one sec. Let me find, let me find something that you need to do first before you can go hang out with friends. It's go ahead and hang out with friends. Is that what you mean by condition? Like, for me, I will cut a person off the second there's an expectation. I did this for you, mm. so now you owe me. Right. Like, okay. if you don't want to do this, don't fucking do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I give you, as friends, say we're out having beers, right, and I slam a $100 bill down on the table, that's for you. I don't expect that back. Right. Yep. Next time we go out drinking, don't even bring it up. Like, you don't owe me. I did that mm-hmm. because... I wanted to do that. There's okay. no strings attached to what I do. Okay. There's no expectations of you. There's no expectations of you. Give me a hundred percent Zacchaeus. Right. Give me a hundred percent Daquan. We're good. Yeah. We're Absolutely. Good. I mean, expectations is what ruins relationships, especially when they're not expressed. Cause a lot of times people have expectations of you that you're not even aware of. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like the expectations, it, it, it is tough. Because, again, as you grow or as you change, people are expecting you to act a certain way. They are. Be a I certain don't... way. And it's like, that's not even me. Like, if you're going to be the same person you were last year, that's fine. But, like, I've got to change. And there was a saying that I heard recently that was, like, anything that's living grows. And if you're, oh, not, if you're not growing, you're not living, even if you're alive. Yeah, don't put me in a box. No, hell no. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. put me in a box. Don't give expectations for me because I don't want to let you down mm-hmm. either. And if you have an expectation of who Matt Roach is, right, I'm going to let you down. Yeah. Let me surprise you. Let me blow <laughs> blow your socks off, right? Yeah, right? Like, let me be me, and I promise you'll love it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't put me in a box. That's facts. 
I it's funny it you're you're saying uh, anything that living grows. The one that I actually like usually relate to and I go by is anything that's not growing rots. Oh, okay. you know, it's, it's yeah. funny that you said that. Our next question for you is uh, where do you see things headed in development for spaces for around Sioux Falls, Harrisburg, Brandon? Harrisburg has a lot of growing to do, like internally growing. And I can't step too deep into that, yep. but I think Harrisburg could be their own worst enemy. Mm. Like they've grown so fast, so many years in a row that I yeah. think now they're their own worst enemy. I sure. think egos got into play there and that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think Sioux Falls is going to grow like mad. Yeah. We're not recession proof, but we are insulated from the rest of the country. Like we yeah. have insane jobs, insane economy. Mm-hmm. We have the two hospitals who just promote growth and jobs. Like, Oh yeah. You're not talking shit wages. You're talking good wages and right. they're growing. I mean, everywhere you turn, it's a, a Vera or the, Sanford. The bonuses those places are giving out right now to people to go work is yep. insane. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I don't growth and expansion. Sioux Falls is awesome. Yeah. Brandon. Awesome. Harrisburg. Awesome. Like all the surrounding little satellite towns. Right. I mean, even Hartford Mm-hmm. growing growing a lot. I do believe we're going to get into a dip like people we we're very conservative state mm-hmm. so we're grown to not take a lot of risk and right. when interest rates went up everybody tightened know, up huddles yeah so that's going to slow we'll slowly get out of it I don't think we're going to be in a hole yeah. any chance but. as a builder have you seen the interest rates really impact your business our customers are luxury. I mean, sure. we're building million, two million, six million dollar homes. Are a lot of them cash then? Yes. Yeah. So these are people that are in a financial space where they can beat up the interest rates. They can bring oh, cash yeah, to sure. the table. They can buy down rates. So they're yeah. our customer base aren't affected it's as much by those interest much. rates. That makes yeah. Sense. And the truth is, say you finance the full property less 20% in five years, you refinance the property and lower. Like, right. You know, I'm only 42 years old, but I've watched <laughs> interest rates do everything, the up and down. So right. we know they're going down. It's just when, right. So what would you say to somebody that is, it's not going to be the same question as the end, but somebody at 19, 20, 21, who's looking to get in and start their own business. What is some advice that you would give them to just, just getting started, whether it's in construction or not. Do not put yourself into debt. Only mm. grow at a rate that your company can afford to grow it itself with liquid, liquid cash. Yep. Yeah. I don't care if you're selling socks and you can afford four fucking pairs of socks. Mm-hmm. Start with four fucking pairs of socks. Mm. Because small business is crippled by overhead. Overhead is debt. That carries interest. Interest carries a payment that you didn't necessarily know you could afford that month. So overhead cripples all small business. Mm, That's great advice. That is. Only buy in all business. This is not necessarily with home building because we were literally putting hundreds, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, into a single structure. Right. But if you're starting a small business and you 
whatever it is, let's just say socks because we said socks. Yeah. Only buy the socks that you know you can sell. Don't take a risk and buy the socks that might. Right. You're not redeveloping the wheel. The wheel's a fucking wheel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. If you're also in a business that buys and sells, don't start off your business without doing a buyback deal. A lot of small business owners. What is that? Small business owner doesn't know this. Let's just say you're doing socks. Let's just stick with Mm -hmm. it. You can call Nike and you can be like, I will buy X, $25,000 worth of socks. If this, 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 and this sock sit on my shelf for six months, I want you to buy them back. Right. And the buyback, the trade-out deal is they'll do that. But if they're going to take back $20,000 in socks, your agreement is that you're going to buy $40,000 on the next. good. Mm. But when you sell the bad back to them and you buy 40,000 of goods, you already paid 20 for the socks you're going back. So you're paying out 20 more. You're doubling. You're only purchasing the guaranteed sales. Mm. You're not risking your money. That's a lot of people don't know that companies will do that deal, but you have to negotiate that in the beginning. Yeah. That comes along with the statement that we use closed mouths. Don't get fed. And when you don't have that information and you don't ask these things, You'll never know. And you'll never know the answer to something like that, especially if a business is even willing to do that. Because there's probably people that are going to take that advice and they won't even use it, which that's brilliant advice. I mean, why wouldn't you negotiate something? You can't risk it. You You can't have bad debt. Right. Right. If the socks don't fucking sell, they don't sell. Mm -hmm. You need to get rid of them. If they're six months sitting there, it's $20,000 in bad debt. So you take. That you get credit for the twenty and you buy twenty more that you yep. know will sell. You know you only buy the guarantees. Right, right. white, white socks. Yeah. Yep. Right, like they, we know these are going to sell. <laughs> yep, we're going to exactly. discount them. We're going to just get our money back. We're going to be done. Mm-hmm. That you buy the guaranteed sale. In your hands. And I'll give That's you an example in home construction, like something we learned over years yeah. of stupid decisions. There's a parade of homes, right? You get what's called the parade of homes discount. We quit even doing the Pray to Homes discount because it wasn't a discount. It, it, it wasn't worth it, right? right? The retailers were bringing it from discounted general contractor fee to full retail and then a parade discount. It wasn't worth it, so we just quit doing it. Right. And just recently, a few parades ago, I told Dan, I was like, every one of these companies stabs their signs into our lawns for the parade because they want to be acknowledged. But if you go to these companies and you ask them, these are the big companies, the small yeah. companies like us, they're all willing to work. They understand the value in networking. Mm-hmm. Right. But the big companies are like, ah, oh, we don't really see any sales from the parade. I'm like, cool. Don't stab your fucking sign <laughs> in the lawn. Right? Yeah. And the moment they realize that their sign's not going to be in the lawn of a $2 million house, suddenly there's value. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now Pride Built Homes, who brings 2,000 people through a house on a single day on a weekend, there's value. I knew there was value. Mm-hmm. Right. They were just trying to dumb down the value so they could get the sign in the yard and feel better about it. We're not yeah. doing that anymore. Yep. So if we don't see a financial discount, substantial, mm-hmm. for the parade, because we have to staff these, we have to stand at them for four different days, we have to pay for them to be cleaned. We have to pay staff to be at these. It costs us money. Yeah. So if you don't pay, we pull your sign and we st- stick it in the truck. Yeah, I was going to say that's ad space. Almost. But the moment 
That is ad space. You right. acknowledge that the sign can't go there. There's an instant understanding of value. Wow. Or like, oh, well, wait. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just, <laughs> just wait one fucking second here. I wasn't talking about your house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually good. So it's like <laughs> a closed mouth doesn't get fit. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. you start to realize your value. And it's due. Is there an ego in it? Absolutely not. It's just, why the fuck am I advertising for you if you're not reciprocating the relationship yep. and relationship loyalty? Yep. Yep. It's huge. Like, fuck, you can't just take. You can't just fucking take all the time. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say it has to be an equal give and take. It has to. You have to, to feel good about successful. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great info. Now, that. as you've gotten older, how's your perspective on business changed? I know you said that you started business as a 19 year old and now you're 42 what is that perspective like really changed nothing no nothing every day you wake up knowing that if you don't show up you don't get fucking paid okay yeah like yeah. being self-employed is not for everybody right. it's terrifying mm -hmm. it's terrifying right because you also you also employ people mm -hmm. and now you're their reason to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. So you have, there's a stress of it, right? They are your responsibility and a piece of shit business owner doesn't care about those people. They're just expendable. Right. I care. Dan cares mm -hmm. about everybody that's with us. So we are very, very lean in the way we spend. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of reserve because we, we want to pay everybody no matter how bad the economy is. Yep. And I won't get into like our financials, yep. but when you come on with pride build homes, there's zero fucking problem mm -hmm. with the financials. Yep. Like you are our family. We're not hiring people for warm bodies in a, in a place and a face. Yep. Right. Like we understand the trust that you're giving us by saying we want to join your team and we, we respect that. So it's a piece of shit. Boss doesn't care. We give a shit. Yeah. We care. I like that. So it's terrifying. Yeah. It I don't doubt that. Terrifying. Yeah. This is the part of our episode now that we actually want to open it up to what's called round table. So this is going to be questions that you've held on to, you know, at the beginning of this episode or before you came here that you've always wanted to ask us. So I want you to fire away. What are those questions that you'd like to get out on the table and ask Zacchaeus and I? Shit. That's a good one. I didn't think that <laughs> deep into this. <laughs> As men, young men in a community, who is it that you strive to be? This is a question that I want both of you to answer. Like, who, who is it? Not necessarily a person. Yeah. It could be a position or it could be a profession, right? Like, sure. who is it that's like, that's the apex yeah. for you guys? I'm actually glad that you kind of rewarded that question because when you stated who, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because there's a commercial out there, and it's actually with Tom Brady, and he continues to get letters from kids, and yeah, they're always saying they're they're writing him, and they're like, "I want to be like Tom Brady. I want to be like Tom Brady." And Tom Brady finally responds, and he's like, "There's enough Tom Brady's in this world. I want you to be you. You know, strive to be yourself." And that's how I am. I want to be the best person that I can be. Every single day, I wake up and I have that same mentality. How am I going to better myself today 
than I did yesterday. It's a continuous challenge, whether it's waking up and thinking differently, whether it's waking up and going to the gym, my daily work. Not a lot of people see, but I put a lot of stress on myself to be a better person for myself because I know if I'm going to be better, then everyone around me is going to end up being better as well. So like what I truly want to, I see myself being is I want to be a voice for, for people exactly like we're doing right now. I want to be a voice where I can tell people exactly how to make it, how they can make something better of themselves. And they're not going to look at me as a 29 year old who, who hasn't gone through anything or hasn't lived or faced enough challenges to where they could take this advice. That's where I want to be. I want to be where, and I, and I've been setting the stage for myself all along. I've gone through a bunch of shit that people wouldn't be able to survive or get through that people have quit on themselves through that. I've gone through all this stuff and not a lot of people knew that in our episodes. I told that story, you know, I became vulnerable and I got that story out there. So people knew that overstepping poverty, this didn't just come from nowhere. It wasn't something that just was a thought that just came up and I was just like, Hey, I want to get on the mic and just get people to look at my views. I could care less about the views. What I want to know is exactly is, is what I'm actually telling you guys. Are you guys actually taking this in? Are you bettering yourself just like I'm bettering myself? I'm trying to give you the knowledge so that you can be a better person. Who cares about me? I already know this stuff. I've already been through this stuff. I want to see you be better. So that's what I want to be. For me, I, I want to be the connector. I want to be that guy that people go to. Because they know they're going to get the answer or they know I'm going to be able to help them point them in the right direction. You know what I mean? And I think that, and it came from the book, uh, The Go-Giver, where this guy in a sales position can't meet his quota the last few years, or yeah, last few um, quarters or whatever. And little did he know he had the, the answer in the room next door to him, the guy that could connect him to all these things. And I think underestimated a lot in life growing up I was always the youngest of my grade so I was playing when I went to college started college I was only 17 years old everybody else is 18 some are 19 so I always felt like there was a little more that I had to prove through those challenges and more so recently I've started to realize like a lot of people just aren't built like me like really because there's a lot of shit that we go through I mean you know a lot of stuff that I've been through as well it doesn't really make sense when people can look at my life or maybe yours or Daquan's. And I think a lot of times people make excuses where they come from and what they go through and use that as a reason why they can't get to where they're going. So I want to be that person that connects those people that maybe they need somebody just to believe in them or just see it in them. And they could, they could grow like a flower or a plant. And then at the end of the day, people are looking back and like, damn, like he left a legacy yep. and he affected a ton of people. And I hope that that just kind of trickles down into my family. I have the same thing as I always want to be something. I want to be part of something larger than me. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what that is, but I just want to be part of something larger than me. Yeah. Like I'm an experienced person. It's not always, I'm very, very financially driven. Right. Right. I will go beyond to earn experiences are huge. Like the TV show, yeah. being on the TV show, it was never about seeing myself on TV. I was right. actually terrified, yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're mic'd up, like anything you say into this, you guys have forever. Right. Yep. It's the same with TV. Like yep. I say some of the most ridiculous, stupid shit <laughs> ever. 
Mm-hmm. I sing. I don't sing well. Right. So all this <laughs> shit is on mm-hmm. recording. Yeah. But it was an experience. Like how many people can say they were on its own series, HGTV? No like kidding. that. It was experience for me, and I'm very nostalgic person. So I I know what you're saying. Like it doesn't have to be Jeff Bezos. Right. right. It can just be Zacchaeus and Daquan. Yep. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be that to like be bigger than what you are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is. It's a lot about like reflecting though, and so in a lot of self motivation. I think a lot of people that have that drive, they're the most lonely people. Yeah, because their minds are racing and thinking about stuff all the time. This world has built talkers, not doers. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, when I mean we, all of us, everyone thinks that they sit around and fucking talk about it. It's done. Right. That's the world like TikTok, Facebook, fucking Instagram is mm-hmm. like this world of see it and do it and talk about it. And it's done like all mm-hmm. this mega flex. You ain't got you have fucking nothing. You've done nothing. You've helped nobody. Right. But you feel good about it because you fucking talked about it mm-hmm. with somebody. Go fucking do it. Yep. Yeah. Go do something. Yep. That was the inspiration. I think that when I look back, even got to this point. Of mm-hmm. having a podcast. And I was having this conversation yesterday. I look back during the whole COVID thing, the whole George Floyd thing. Like, there was a light bulb in me that flipped at that time. Because how long have people been doing the same thing year after year after year after year? Oh. Like, we had this conversation in our group chat on Snapchat where conversations were hot. Mm-hmm. Like, tempers were hot. People were hot. Emotions were high. But I, I think that sparked something in people. At least it sparked something in me to where I was like, we got to do shit differently. Yeah. And soon after that, you see me getting into life insurance because my mindset is like, well, shit, if they're killing black people, we might as well have life insurance. I'm not yeah. laughing at that. But like, it's real. It's, like, yeah. it's I'm laughing real. at you going like, to life insurance. Seriously, I'm like, yeah. I got to do something yeah. that's different to like help people at least set a foundation, right? Zacchaeus so, was like, people die and pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I paid somebody. Right? right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. That was just where my mind went. And it like from there that sparked into me getting into doing the mortgage stuff and that got me into doing some videos and that turned into this and now we're sitting with Matt on our podcast. It's just crazy yeah. how things work. Yeah. Especially when you're able to go back and it's that mentality, out. man. I mean, if you want to make a change, you have to be the change. Now yeah. say it again, let it resent. If you want to make a change, you have to be the change. Perhaps. Get out there and Get it done. Do something. Exactly. Fuck up. Yes. Do something. Yes. yes. Fail. Yes. Yeah. Facts. That's the Absolutely. best thing that you can do for yourself is fail. One yeah. of the biggest things that you guys did was you did this. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how many views or clicks, you you did it. Mm-hmm. Right. This is done. This is, how many episodes are you in? This one will be 16. 16, 16 no, episodes yeah. in. You've proven it. It right. doesn't fucking matter. Right. Has does not matter. You are following through with the conversation that you had, I'm sure, around a table. Yeah. yeah. You talked about it, but the difference is you did it. Doers. Like, I'm super proud. Like this is the yeah. type of shit like gives me goosebumps. Like I love mm. this. Like it doesn't doesn't have to be huge. Doesn't have to be this huge production with a right. hundred people. You yeah. guys did it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So any other questions you got for us? What's your biggest personal 
failures. Do you have any regret of something that you've done in your life? And if it's too personal, don't ask it. Like if you cut someone's fucking head off, don't <laughs> oh tell gosh. me about that. Right. <laughs> the <feds are> listening. <laughs> um, if I can be completely honest with you, I don't have any regrets, no regrets at all. And I know that's pretty cliche to say because everyone's like, I mean, with a tattoo across their, their chest, no regrets. You I know, have no there, regrets. You do? Tattooed <laughs> we across to my entire that, right? shoulder blades. <laughs> no regrets. But yeah. seriously, I mean, every, everything that I've done in life, yeah. I mean, it's gotten me to where I'm at today. And I can't be more prouder <laughs> than where I'm at, dude. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, like all the stupid shit that I've done, all the the mistakes, the failures. Like, I look back at it and I'm like, man. I mean, if I changed anything, where would I be right now? Yeah. And I love where I'm at right now. So no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Any regrets? I would say as I think about it, I guess, yeah, kind of. I do have some regrets. I have some regrets and more so the way that, and it comes from experience, of course, but just standing up for yourself, standing up for myself in employment or just in any situation. And a lot of times I, I'm a people pleaser, or at least that's something that I've been working on of caring too much about what people say or feel like it really doesn't matter. Everybody's living their own lives. So if I could go back and change anything, it would be just kind of not care about yeah. other people's opinions. Like it. So I have no regrets. Literally yeah. tattooed on me, but I do have regret. Okay, that I gave energy to people that didn't deserve my energy. Yep. But to speak to what you said, everything that did happen in my life brought me to sit at this chair today. Yep. So I am happy that all the bumps and hiccups that I that I've had. Yeah. But I did give love and energy to people that did not deserve it from right. me. Yeah. So if I have a regret is not, not being able to see the people that I've given that to, cause I can't get any of that back. Right. And I want to piggyback off of that actually, because there's a 16, 15, 16 year old you sitting there and they probably want to know exactly what they would change or what you could have changed at that point in time. So I wanted you to give us five tips, tricks, and hacks that you would give your 15 year old self to be successful today. So mine I have them here. <laughs> my 16-year-old self, I would tell myself, can I just run Go through for it? Mine are take financial risks. For me, it's you think the money in your bank account is the most important, and that comes to seeing what other people have. So you value things different when you're 16, 17, even growing up, 21. Like I would take financial risks, mm. big financial risks. Two is... Don't follow what others have already done. Blaze your own path. Trailblazers. Like, do not follow it. People get so stuck in this worked, this worked, this worked, this worked. But the people that truly succeed did it different. Yeah, absolutely. The outcome can be the same, mm -hmm. but just do it your way. Don't do it their way. Do it your way. So for me, <laughs> that was huge for the loyalty and like the, the soul. Like I'm a very spiritual person when it comes to like, like I got goosebumps like 11 fucking times on this podcast. Already. <laughs> but yeah, blaze your own path, networking. And when I say network, find your three motherfuckers. Mm. And this is like super cliche, but somebody, the three that would bury a body with you. Yeah. Right. Like people that there is no 
question, 3 a.m., if the call happens of anything, mm-hmm. I'm having a child, that they're there. Right. Yeah. Right. Just find yourself three motherfuckers because mine changed my world. When I finally realized that these guys are people that I can lean on. Yeah. Like I felt really comfortable. Like I, a lot of weight was off my shoulders. So mm-hmm. wow. find those three. Uh, speak your mind. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. Like yep. you said, don't give energy to people that don't deserve your energy, but speak your mind. Don't become complacent because you're in a job that makes $100,000 a year and the person above you is making your life living hell. Speak your mind. Right. Yep. Like, don't get run the fuck over. My last one is don't share your successes. Mm. Share your failures. So for me, it's if I could look, stand in front of 16-year-old Matt, I'd say don't. Don't tell, don't share, move silently and quietly and share all your failures. Yeah, absolutely. People love when you fail. They love it. They love love it. it. That's what they show those most support. And be (laughs) their failure. Right. Because you won't be a topic of their conversations when you're failing. Mm. When you're winning, when they're jealous of you, it's, it's ugly. Like I'm 42, you guys are not even 30. Right. It's so much uglier. Like when the people that you've put all this trust and love into just stab you in the back, it's right. it's horrible. So. Yeah. What would you say when you think of overstepping poverty? What comes to mind? What does that mean? Poverty for me, I was never in the what stereotypically you'd think poverty right. is, right? My family was not rich growing up. I had mother, father. We ate at the dinner table every single day together. Like if it was six o'clock, you were at the table. Like that was the rules. Like I had the most comfortable, loving, respected up upbringing. Like I have no, nothing bad to say. Right. Poverty is probably different for me than it is for you Mm -hmm. and for you. Right. Mine was mental. I was putting Mm -hmm. way too much trust, respect, love into everybody. So overstepping poverty for me yeah. was I was giving too much energy to too many people instead of focusing on the people that I should have been. Right. Got to be a little more selfish. Yeah, you do. You do. Yep. That's for sure. If you're not, nobody else will. Oh, they will. They'll be selfish. No, I'm not saying for you. Right? For, yeah. I feel not that. for you, they won't. The most people look out for themselves the most. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to Overstepping Poverty. We are very, very happy that we had Matt Roach today on as a special guest. Again, we're always here to provide you with tips, tricks, and hacks to Overstepping Poverty. And thank you for that value that you brought in today. Yeah, thank you guys. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.